Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Off the Top Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm obviously the fastest archaeologist in the world and becoming probably the most attractive at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty accurate claim. Um, um, but let me hop on really fast because I'm going to take the steering wheel. Let's talk about books today. Oh. Okay, do you have any books on the top of your mind? Yeah, so a few books. I'm, the reason that I kind of want to jump on this is because I've been kind of in this zone of like reading a lot more and kind of garnering a lot more knowledge. Uh, one of the books that I just finished about a couple days ago was Assault on Light Casitas about Brad Lewis. Um, and for all of you guys who are rowers, I'm sure you recognize that name. Uh, Brad Lewis was the gold Olympic medalist in the double schools in 1984. And he was the first guy to win it with his partner, I think Paul Inquist, uh, for 25 years, the U S hadn't won a gold medal. Um, so, so how did you find this book? That's oh, oh, good question, man. It was late night and I was just kind of perusing, uh, the internet obviously as everyone does. And I just kind of got on to um, just searching around for extraordinary people, like, you know, either if they're extraordinary and, you know, they're extraordinarily smart, skilled, talented or hardworking. And then I just kind of eventually stumbled on this book about Brad Lewis. And this guy is literally like the way he describes it. Um, he's just hell bent on you know, getting uh, the Olympic gold. And at first he was convinced that he was going to do it one way and then it didn't work out that way. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened. And so I won't ruin the story of the book, but dude, really good book. Is it like a autobiography or is it? Um, um, I would say it's more, yeah, probably a little bit of an autobiographical piece. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's more like, you know, he narrates, and he's, you know, I, I, it doesn't seem as like strict and forward and it's a very small time frame of this guy's life. So what are some of the, uh, skill sets or some things he like mentioned in there that you kind of picked up on or thought were unique or oh, interesting? Good, good point. Yeah. There's, so there's a few things I highlighted in the book and one of those was just kind of you, there's a few lines in the book where you can feel almost through the words like his unrelenting will and his you know at all costs types of thing um a few things that really stood out um at the beginning when he was at the olympic trials in the very beginning of the book he had his trainer with him and his trainer and him have like a few things that they do um one is like they have like this like almost primitive chant and um they like yell it before, like as he pushes off and stuff. And then another one too. And this, I think kind of paints the picture a little bit. Um, at the very beginning of the book, his trainer, before he takes off, he's like, it's a good day to die. And so I think like when I read that and granted, it seems like out of context, it seems like a very strange thing to say to somebody who's about to row a boat. Mm -hmm. But I think it kind of illustrates the mindset of this uh, Brad Lewis and the fact that, you know, at all costs, he's going to, you know, tear his body apart before he submits, you know, in the task of winning gold medal. I find it um, interesting, the different mindsets of people or work ethics and what 
how that develops or what the backstory between, you know, some of those people with a killer instinct and some of those who are just like, will do as much as they can in their own comfort zone to win, but aren't going to exceed that. So it's very, it'd be very interesting to see if he defines that or, you know, what makes that go across that boundary for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, what was the burning will or like, you know, what pushed him and a lot of it. I mean, he talks about it kind of briefly, but some of it I think is definitely just deep down, like anger and cantankerous, you know, somebody who's filled with piss and vinegar is uh, like, you know, it's a common saying of just somebody who's just, you know, like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, they're they're feisty and they'll put up a fight type thing. Yeah, I I wonder too. I think it takes a certain person to have this certain deep anger and channel it for personal success and not channel it for like a negative road or path where a lot of people can go down that with their anger ways like nobody cares about me or like I'm I'm doing me like to channel that into something to make you a world class athlete and um one of probably the strongest people in the world like rowers aren't weak at all mm-hmm. um so channeling that to a positive path to push you to you know a gold medal and also use that or i guess uh communicate with your partner without being like an over overt asshole or something like that yeah exactly and yeah especially with the double skulls like it's different than you know like an eight-man rowing team or a four a four-man uh, um like you know it's it's like very intimate and i think uh like you know through the whole story illustrated like you know how close he had to be to his partner and there's times when you know uh his partner and him were definitely not vibing and like he could tell and so he had to like you know that was as equally as important as you know are we doing our workout regiments and stuff like that yeah what do you um and in terms of reading, right, you said you picked it up recently or got really back into kind of reading heavy as of recently. What do you see in the importance of reading? Um, really good point. Uh, the importance of reading, I think, is in the aspect of you're getting introduced to new ideas. And I think that that's very important in a lot of aspects of life, just to be introduced to new ideas that you haven't thought of and kind of take you out of your comfort zone. And another thing that I really enjoy about reading is that you get to, it's almost like a reprieve from life. And in the fact that, you know, there's a movie and like, once you get really into a movie, like it's just the movie, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not really distracted by outside things. And I think books do that as well. Uh, in a kind of more pure aspect in the fact that you mentally are taking yourself there. So you're painting every picture, you know, as you're reading, let's say you're reading the assault on Lake Casitas and, you know, you're imagining this guy, you know, and at like the break of dawn, you know, breaking into this place and rowing and, you know, at at this like placid lake and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's, I think um, very beneficial for your imagination and, you know, just your thought process of your brain. Yeah. Uh, personally, Julian, are you a big reader? Um, I don't read a lot of traditional texts, so I don't read a lot of like physical books or ebooks um, or necessarily listen to audiobooks. I do try to read at least like once or 
one to three times a week, like a New Yorker article or like a reputable blog on, you know, marketing or advertising or maybe an in-depth interview or um, something along those lines just to get, you know, keep the, like you said, the thought process moving and kind of learning some outside ideas or what I would do in X and Y scenario. I don't think I read as much traditional uh, books just because of time. Like being in college, you do a lot of reading on like subject material. So like finding that time, at least for me personally, in my current schedule is really hard to um, find a book and then continue with it. So I just try to read a lot of short articles, um, not so much like stuff I find on social media, but I'll probably just Google, um, you know, top 10 marketing people of all time or something like that. And then find out some people I might be interested in and see if they've done an interview or like a short excerpt or, you know, an award write up on them and just kind of see what their background and path is and see what influenced certain aspects of their career um, and go from there. Gotcha. So when you kind of seek out those elite people, let's say, well, let's go with your marketing example that you use. What do you, are you specifically looking for something that they've done or like, you know, are you just paid attention, paying attention to their childhood and upbringing or, you know, like, is there anything that you specifically want to know about them when you're reading about them? I wouldn't say there's anything in particular that I'm searching for. An example would be um, after Childish Gambino released like his recent song, I looked into like who directed it and who like Gambino works with. And I came across like his creative director um, and this listened to uh, like a podcast and read an interview with him and then saw some other pieces he did and just kind of saw like his backstory and just saw, you know, the route he took, like he went to this school and did this. Um, and then, you know, this influence happened here and like seeing how he took different parts of his life to implement into his work or his lifestyle or like um, the obstacles he overcame, et cetera, just seeing where, you know, some things take. I'm just more of an interest reader, I guess, seeing like, wow, that's really interesting that, you know, he's from Nigeria and he brings this influence into the American market and, you know, people really enjoy it. Just kind of seeing, you know, the general interest of that life story. Mm -hmm. Just out of curiosity, is Childish Gambino from Nigeria? Not Gambino, but uh, his creative director is from Nigeria. Oh, gotcha. Um, and travels back and forth, but had a lot of, has a lot of him and Donald are very, I guess, close and similar minded, um, which is also something interesting to read, like how the mindsets of people are. You can just kind of tell by the way they re- you know, answer to interview questions or some of the uh, metaphors they use, etc. Um, kind of very cool to look at once you start figuring out what you're looking for. Yeah, totally. So I know that you said that you don't read a lot of traditional, like, you know, books, you know, Moby Dick or, you know, the, whatever, Huckberry Finn. But if you were to give somebody a curriculum on, let's say you wanted them to know about marketing, what books would you put together for them or reading would you put together for them so that they can like get up to speed, so to speak? Um, I don't know if there's necessarily one. I haven't read enough actual marketing books as much as interviews or just like keynotes. Um, I do believe like, 
what Phil Knight did with Shoe Dog was pretty cool. Um, but it's basically told about the rise of Nike, how he didn't believe in marketing, and then how some things in marketing, you know, helped and changed. I mean, there's probably a few, a, a lot of different books out there, but I think a lot of them are also have to do with like, um, like psychology almost, like how your brain works or how you read an audience or understand a user um, or a consumer. That's probably. Um, something that helps a lot in marketing or like maybe some more strategic books, you know, um, figuring out a strategy or learning how others use strategies or what their strategies were. And even if it's not related to marketing, it could be anything like starting a business, um, the strategy to get to the NBA or whatever it is, kind of finding how they define their goals and objectives and rolling with that. Gotcha. That, that makes total sense. And out of curiosity, if you could put that together for me, I would enjoy it. Because yeah. obviously I'm not a marketing guy, but it always seems like one of those aspects where, you know, you know about marketing. You also know a little bit about X, Y, or Z as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think people lose when they don't actively read? Um, I think they lose. Uh, well, I think what they gain is like an insulatory type of thinking and the fact that you know, you kind of lose interest for anything that's different than yourself. And naturally, I think people kind of lean towards that just because change is such a um, sometimes a very painful thing. Um, at the same time, being very, you know, essential and good. But I think that, you know, once you stop introducing yourself to different ideas and granted, just reading uh, if you just stopped reading, you would obviously have a lot lower vocabulary or the tighter vocabulary. Um, you might not be able to read as fast, obviously, if you don't read. And um, But mainly just kind of having that like island mentality of, oh, whatever's on my island is what I care about and everything else isn't, you know, yeah. isn't even existing or I have no interest in it. I think there's this interesting relationship in today's generation where a lot of people are on social media platforms. And you're necessarily reading, but I wouldn't say you're reading credible content or very informative content. But at the same time, you can also read, like, be informed by, you know, following CNN or Fox News or whatever you follow. And they post their little excerpts or headlines on, you know, president of company says blank because blank it gives you general general overview of how to be informed but i think too in that sense you lose a lot because you aren't you're kind of just reading headlines and you're not looking further into the article maybe it's debunking that or something so like you're informed but you could be misinformed and i think the nice thing about traditional books or traditional media um is that you have the ability to you have the whole story and you've bought it or purchased for a reason to get that whole story. And someone found it, you know, credible enough to invest in it and publish it. So, you know, it's going to be a quality piece of work instead of sometimes you catch like fake news articles, which obviously are going to misinform you in some sort of way. Yeah, definitely. And to talk about that, I think that it's very important to get information from more than one source. So diversify your information pools. And the reason why is because you know, if you just were uh, a very specific, like, let's say that you only read the Washington Post, um, then you would basically be 
you know, a puppet of theirs because all the information you're getting and all the ideas that you're kind of that you are being a conduit to are from them. And let's say that they wanted to take a stance on and granted, you know, I know that media and especially news articles and stuff like when they report, they have some sort of sense of duty when it comes to being, you know, uh, very bipartisan and not too you know, one way or the other. Sometimes that's not the case, but I think that, you know, that's the true underlying principle. You know, nobody wants to be misleading with what they're saying unless, you know, and the 90 or the 1% that do, then, you know, you just got to deal with it. But I think that's important to, you know, get different media or, you know, information streams so that you can make a better understanding and, you know, decision yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good point of having different sources for your media or your facts or your news. Um, and I also think in the same respect, too, there's even if you're you want to be something that you don't think has any books out there or any information, I think there's still a lot of, you know, information to gather. Like, say you wanted to be a rapper or, you know, this new genre of rapping or whatever it was, there's still, I think, a lot of information that you can get from you know, different sources. But like you said, if you're just getting your information from the one kid on um, SoundCloud that's had one song and he did an interview saying like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I I barely work. I just got really lucky or something like that. And you think it's all luck, then you're missing out of course that if maybe Jay-Z comes out and says like the SoundCloud generation is doing well because they really know how to market themselves or they know their audience or something like that, you miss out on a key step to get to that goal or objective. Gotcha. And I really like that you kind of like put it in a present mindset with that. So now I'm curious, it kind of led me to this thought. What do you think today's books are? Because back in the day, I think books were very highly sought after. And in some cases, way back in the day, people thought that books would rot your brain because you wouldn't be using your imagination. Somebody else would be giving you imagination, so to speak. So now what do you think that is today? I think that uh, generationally different. I think books are still pretty heavy as you get older and you kind of get away from trendy social media. Not saying you're off it, but I still think as you get older, just finding that traditional book is a little bit nicer because, like you said, it is released. But I think in terms of younger generations, a lot of it is podcasts or like uh, YouTube interviews or YouTube content. There's a lot of YouTube content out there, but there's a lot of people that do very well or very informative so if like you look at i don't know we'll say peter mckinnon or mkbhd someone we both watch they do a very good job of you know 10 to 12 minute videos being very informative on you know what their background is or like how they got there and certain so maybe they're describing a phone or how to do a certain camera shot or something they're like okay when i was younger like i didn't know this existed i was doing this and it didn't work out and i transitioned to do this and my work ethic got me here which is very similar storyline to books where like when i was younger i you know was riding bikes all the time and then as i got older i realized that like to be, be in better shape i started rowing or something along those lines where you still get that story or that background information but and uh, the younger generation, that visual help of seeing it, um, I think helps a lot. Yeah. Do you think a attention span of this, you know, our generation and the coming generations have led to, you know, a difference in taste as far as, you know, where they want to consume their information? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think our attention span is a lot shorter 
Um, I, I mean, in my perspective, you can see it from, you know, ads you watch. So you look at ads like iPhone 10 ad right now or iPhone 8 for the red one is just literally like loud music, lots of changing colors and angles. And it's like not really describing the phone, but it catches the eye of a younger generation. As you look at Apple's ads in like 1980, 1990 or wherever, where they did like, I think it's 1974 or 1954, whatever. They did a, an ad based on like a book where everyone was following a certain thing. And it was like very, there's a lot of message to it. And it was like pretty simple. But as you see this evolution, all ads are kind of changing to that. Just like really loud trying to catch your attention because we have like a phone. We can skip ads. We can use DVR. Just go to Netflix or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. Uh, the reason I asked is because, I mean, like you said, you mentioned videos and I think videos are a great way to get information in a very quick way, because first off, you have the visual aspect of it. You have the audio aspect of it. And also, you know, it, it can be put you can learn a lot of information within, you know, I'd like you said, a 10 to 12 minute video or even less. Yeah. And I think another one we've kind of glossed over is if you can find an appropriate community on the internet, it doesn't have to even be local. Like if you look at Reddit and you get into a, a sub thread that is knowledgeable or has people of knowledge, just that ability to talk to someone in, you know, Europe or Australia from um, the United States, you know, throughout the course of a day is extremely helpful as, you know, our generations before us couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Just kind of sharing of ideas as well as kind of an information stream and, you know, learning from it. Yeah. And I mean, some aspects that's probably one of the better ones you can have is kind of this, you know, corroboration of, you know, I this is what I learned from my experiences and like, you know, what I've been through. And, you know, that's this, you know, you have certain ones as well. And so when you push those together, you kind of have somebody who isn't you know, two people who aren't, let's say, you know, between 20 and 30. And so, but you almost have somebody who has like, you know, 60 years worth of experience. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, in my opinion, it's fair to say that there's no, like, you don't have to read books, you don't have to watch um, YouTube videos, but I feel like it's important finding a finding a way to get your content or stay informed. I mean, it's going to change all the time. I mean, if you look at the evolution from what movies are back in the day to like what the options you have on Netflix for documentaries or just like, you know, fun entertainment films, it's the same root of books like fiction, nonfiction. That's what you have on Netflix or whatever. So I think it's just important finding those ways that where you like to get information and kind of staying consistent on um, consistently getting updated on information yeah you know being consistent with your diet as far as you know uh like with anything in the world it's way more powerful and and potent if you know you take daily tasks and like they don't have to be big but you know you take a daily steps and what you want to do with something like let's say i want to compare it to working out you know you can assume that the guy who you know spends about 15 to 20 minutes maybe 30 uh minutes a day or every other day in the weight room is gonna for let's say a month is gonna look a lot better than the guy who spends three hours every three weeks in the weight room you know yeah i agree and i think the other thing that's important when you are building this repetition or reading or what it may be is that like 
um, relating it to yourself, I think is very important. Like I know a lot of times when I read, I put my, my personal opinion or myself in those shoes. Like what would I have done? Like, would I have backed down? Would I have gone this route? Would I have, I thought of, you know, why didn't I just do this or why? And it's obviously very different, but putting yourself in that critical thinking too, cause it's going to give you a lot more ideas besides what the text is just laying out for you. Yeah, definitely. That's, I think that's the part of the imagination to kind of extract as much information as you can out of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, last question. When, while reading, you know, while reading books, is there anything that you really like to read or any certain like, you know, genre or style or just finding, you know, certain quotes or. Yeah, I'm a big Fifty Shades guy. No, I'm just (laughs) joking. (laughs) But I am, that's on my list to read one of those books just because I, you know, how salacious uh, and, you know, uh, sultry everyone's made them out to be. I'm kind of curious. So I want to read that for myself and give, you know, have my own idea and opinion of it. But um, as far as what I naturally tend to read, I read a lot of like skill-based books and not, you know, a lot of, um, you know, this person did this and like that's how they got such a good skill or, you know, skill building stuff and not as much, you know, your your tales and things of that nature just because I enjoy using and taking practical things and building blocks from the things I read and applying them in my own life. And granted, you can learn a lot from like one of the books, uh, Moby Dick, like you can learn a lot from Moby Dick. But at the same time, you can also learn a lot from, uh, you know, a book that lays out how to properly, you know, build a motorcycle or, you know, maintain a motorcycle. And so things like that are usually what I lean towards. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? It sounds this similar. Um, I don't know. I like what I, I like stories. I just like seeing how it's built and character developments. But I think I can find that in any book I read like everything every book you read has a story it's going to be a little bit different even if it's how to build a motorcycle they're going to have you know their dilemma like maybe my engine is sounding weird or something like that and then they're going to figure out okay this is the problem this is how I solved it I put it back together Uh, I really just like hearing the story I also like hearing um, I just like hearing the personal experiences um, whether it be on someone who's super successful or someone who just had, you know, a small personal experience of a failed company or something, how they reacted, seeing that reaction and what triggered that. And maybe some of the ideas or how they looked at life at that part of like, was it glass half full, half empty? Was the glass always full? Um, stuff along those lines. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And I think we kind of laid over the or surmised that, you know, getting information is very important, regardless if it's from books, podcasts, which you should be getting your daily podcasts or weekly podcasts uh, and, or, you know, anything. But just make sure that it's a strong and steady diet with a diversified mix of things. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to put it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.